It's the Belis Daily on the new 105.5 Sports, live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios here in Auburn. My name is Aaron Morse, filling in for Maddie B on this Thursday morning. Thanks to John Martin for stopping by in studio there in the last half hour. And now joining us on the phone, he is the sports editor of The Forecaster. Find The Forecaster online at theforecaster.net. You can follow him on Twitter at Four Sports. Michael Hoffer joining us. And, Michael, I saw you cover the Wayne Fleet and Yarmouth boys basketball game the other day, yesterday. So tell us a little bit about that and other headlines, perhaps, in the Forecaster's coverage area recently here. Yeah, you know, we're down to three weeks left in the regular season for basketball, wow. which is hard to believe. Um, you know, a month from now, we're going to be immersed in the tournament. So it, it is getting down towards crunch time. You know, everyone's uh, past the midway point of their schedule. And we're starting to see a few things uh, clar- clarify a little bit. You know, I've been talking for the last few weeks about how unpredictable things are. But we're starting to see a few teams, uh, you know, start to solidify themselves as maybe the favorites. And you look at Class AA North, uh, Bangor, who's a team that coming into the year, no one was really talking about. Yet here they are atop the heel points. And, you know, since the new year, They've beaten Thornton Academy, they've beaten Edward Little, they've beaten Hamden Academy, and they've beaten Deering. And I think, uh, you know, that, that just reinforces that maybe they are the team to beat in a region we didn't think there was a clear favorite. You know, clearly Edward Little and Oxford Hills and Portland and Deering are still going to be uh, heard from here over the next few weeks. But, uh, you know, great to see some resurgence in Bangor. It's such a basketball-rich community, uh, sports-rich community. They've had some tough times here in recent years. Uh, but there they are back uh, on top now, and uh, we'll see if they can stay there. And, uh, you know, down south, I'd, I'd say parity continues to reign. Thornton Academy and South Portland, in my mind, are probably the two teams to beat in that region. Mm. But uh, you got Gorham and Bonnie Eagle and Scarborough hanging around, too. And, and despite their record, Sanford's a very dangerous team. So, you know, in the biggest class, uh, still a lot of interesting things to come. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the game I saw last night. I, you know, I felt Wainfleet all along is, is one of the teams to beat in Class C South. They might be the best team when all is said and done, although there's some very uh, good teams uh, from the other conference up that way, too. I think Winthrop's still in first in the heel point standings with Wainfleet right there. and you got Haldale and Boots Bay, who are very good teams as well. But, you know, what impressed me about Wainfleet is their balance. Uh, their leading scorer averages 11 points. They play 8, 9, 10 kids. They all can score. They all can contribute. And uh, the schedule that they play, they play a lot of Class B teams, and that's going to bode well for them and make them uh, tournament-tested by next month. Uh, you know, you look at Class A, I still think, you know, Greeley's a two-time defending champ, but they're a little more mortal this year. They're still in first. I really think Falmouth might be the team to beat when all is said and done. No one's really talking about them. They're coming off a big win over Thornton Academy the other night. That's a game that could have gone either way. You know, Falmouth's an A-South team. TA's a Class A south team. So another big win for Falmouth. They beat Scarborough earlier this year. So they've got a couple of those big wins under their belt already. And then you got York and Kennebunk in the mix. And, of course, Class B-South, it seems very wide open as well. Moranicook has the gaudy record, and they're uh, in first place. But Grain and Gloucester's having a great season. You know, Freeport, Cape, Yarmouth, Wells, any of those teams on a given night. Uh, are going to be right there. So still a lot of the question marks, but uh, maybe a few teams starting to emerge as, as top contenders. I saw that the Fitzpatrick Trophy ceremony is being delayed because of the weather. Um, who do you think is the favorite to win that this year? Obviously, we have three finalists. Yeah, I would think, it, I, I think Anthony Bracamonte at Thornton Academy mm-hmm. is probably the favorite, and if I had to guess, he'll probably win it. And I think, you know, you just look at the postseason he had, you know, for the biggest team in the state, for the best team in the state, 
and uh, you'll, he was their playoff hero. And uh, that's take nothing away from the other two finalists because I think they're they're both terrific candidates. Uh, you know, we, we know what Wells has done for the last many years, and I know they're a Class D school. Right. Um, but if there's ever going to be a, a bridge to a smaller class uh, winner, if you will, uh, this would be the year. And honestly, I think uh, he might have had a shot at it and might have been the favorite for it. He had Bracamonte not done so well in the postseason. And, uh, you know, Zach Elowitz just had a phenomenal year running the ball for Portland. He's the latest in a long line of great running backs for the Bulldogs. Even broke some records along the way. And he had a terrific state game as well. He got lost in the shuffle because T.A. handled Portland so easily, but Elowitz had over 200 yards in that game. So uh, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the three, but if I had to guess, I would handicap uh, Bracamonte as a favorite going into uh, the ceremony, which, like as you mentioned, will be next Sunday, not this Sunday. Yeah, I wanted your take on the proposed reclassifications, getting rid of Class D, adding eight-man football. What are your thoughts on how that all might shake out a little bit? Well, you know, it seems like it's pretty well thought out at this mm-hmm. point. I know that there's still some schools that aren't sure if they're going to go the eight-man route or, you know, if they're going to stay with the traditional 11-man. You know, I know there were a couple schools listed on that preliminary list the other day, Cape Elizabeth and Freeport in my coverage area, that were listed as eight-man, and I don't think they're going to play eight-man. I think right. what happened was in the original survey, they, I, they, it was asked, you know, would you consider it? Uh, I don't think they're committing to it. So, you know, there's still some tweaking to do. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's obviously this is the direction it's going to go. And I think, you know, we've been talking this way for a while now that, you know, for a lot of these programs to survive, they're going to have to have this option. And honestly, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I've never, I've never seen eight-man football. And I'm kind of looking forward to covering it next year because I'll certainly have a handful of schools, if not, uh, you know, three or four schools playing at that level. So I think fans are going to enjoy it. I mean, you're going to see it's going to be a little more wide open. you got more space. Um, you know, it'll be curious. It'll be a novelty in some ways, but I think you're also going to see you know really high quality play, and you know you got players in the NFL that played six man, eight man yeah. in high school. So you know it's not like it's a lesser brand of football. I think it's just necessary for the sport, the high school sport, to survive. Yeah, I remember the Freeport AD said he was surprised to see his school on the list of eight man. He was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I actually saw him the other night uh, in a really good game uh, where. Cape came back and beat Freeport the other night at Freeport, and yeah, that's exactly what you told me. So, so this isn't binding yet. I think it's it, it's the initial uh, this initial process, but I think you know they're certainly on the road to uh, to doing something similar to what was proposed. Michael, you always have the uh, the people on the bottom of each classification bracket. You know, let's say A, and where you're going to make the cutoff. And having been on right. that committee, those are miserable decisions. But uh, it takes a school, because this is dear to my heart, a team like Skowhegan in the north puts them up to A, and all their rivals that they've been playing for 100 years are all in B now. And yeah, their enrollment, well, their enrollment. You know, some people don't, it changes hard. It's the only constant. Oh, a lot of people don't like it. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel for it. You know, we see, you know, Deering and Portland haven't played in the regular season now for four or five years, which is outrageous. I've, yeah. heard, uh, I've heard from probably 20 of my ex-player saying, Coach, what is this? Uh-huh. Anyway, my second point, my second question was, Jim Hartman yeah. coming home. Yes, yes, he is. And, you know, it's funny. I talked after the state game, after he stepped down as Portland coach, you know, I, I said to him, I said, Coach, you know, any, any chance you'll want to come back and coach some more? And he said, if I do, it won't be at a Class A school. And at that point, I kind of knew, uh, you know, what, what he was thinking. Because I know Yarmouth was near and dear to his heart. Yes. He had a fabulous run there. He started the program. He led them to two state titles. And, and those Yarmouth teams were dominant. I'm sure you remember 
you know, early, early oh, I played the decade when, yep. when they were winning the, the Class C title decisively. They had some great teams, some great players. Yeah, you know, and he did what he felt like he needed to do. The Portland job came open, and he's a Portland guy, and it was the biggest class, and you can certainly understand why he wanted that job, and he had great success at Portland. Uh, but now maybe he's ready to, you know, take a little bit of a step back, and Yarmouth will probably be a, a, an eight-man team, you know, going forward, if not a co-op team. You know, that there's still a possibility they might do that with Greeley. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think it's just a, a lifestyle thing. It'll be a little bit easier for him, but I, th- I think he's very excited to go back to a, to a school where, where he literally put them on the map and led them to great success. The, just to tell you the kind of guy that he is, um, we played him at his place, and we beat him with about 15 seconds left in the game. My quarterback threw a touchdown pass, and we, we – well, I'm not sure it was an upset. We, they weren't quite in their run yet. Right. And then uh, when they were in the middle of their run, we were still pretty fierce competitors. We we had a uh, a three point game uh, at 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 Oak Hill that we lost. Mm, right. Anyway, I played down at his place, and um, they win, mm. and uh, I was on his way to his second championship. And something happened with our, our video camera, and we had no film to go back and coach up our kids with and whatever. And so yeah. I call him. Uh, Saturday early, and he says, "Tell you what," he said, "We my guy's doing them now." He said, "We meet Sunday morning at you know seven a.m. Some ridiculous thing at the school." <laughs> I said, "I'll be there." He had two, not one, two copies for me. Yeah, uh, no questions asked. No, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you five, but nothing, <laughs> and no questions asked about how I was going to use it. Uh, that we might meet again in the playoffs. There was sure. no questions mine. He was going to help me out. Yeah, it was just the right thing to do, and that doesn't surprise me. I remember some of those Yarmouth Oak Hill games. Those were fun. They were fun. (laughs) So, Michael, um, hardcore Patriots fan, it's in your Twitter bio. Uh, How are you feeling this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Well, i got to tell you, I'm feeling a lot better than when we talked last week. Uh You know, I wish wish they could bottle that first half and bring them to Kansas City, but it, it was certainly encouraging to see them come out and play that well. I just what concerns me is they've just been a lousy road team, and I don't know how you flip that switch. Honestly, um, it's going to be—I mean, it's not going to be as cold as they were saying, but it's still going to be cold. And I don't think that part's a factor. I think the noise is going to be a factor. You know, you look at what happened last time they played in Kansas City. I know a lot of names and faces have changed, but that was one of the ugliest losses of the whole era. Uh, I, I felt like for Kansas City, if they could get by that first playoff game, because they—they you know, hadn't won a home playoff game in 25 years. If they could get by that first one, they're going to be really tough. I, I think the Pats have their hands full. I, uh, I'd love to see them pull it out. I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, and I think they've got to get an early lead. I don't think they can play from behind there. But I think they're going to have a tough time winning. I, I hope they surprise me and find a way to go to another Super Bowl. I think it would be an absolute gift uh, for Patriot Nation if the Pats get to extend this two more weeks. But I don't know. I think Kansas City is going to be really tough. I'm just glad this game's on Sunday because I'm not planning on leaving my house because it's going to be well, awful. <laughs> I, I'm just hoping we don't lose power. Cause yeah, you know, I've been thinking about power. that. So, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I think it's gotta, hopefully uh, that wouldn't that be the worst. But you know, hopefully we'll keep the power and hopefully the Pats will bring the power and you know, hopefully we can get that running game going and, and have some balanced offense and just make one or two plays on defense. Uh, you know, we've said that before in big games. They couldn't do it last year in the Super Bowl. Hopefully they can do it this time around. So what's upcoming the up you know upcoming week or on the forecast or what can we expect to see? 
Uh, you know, a lot of lot of good games continue. I've got a uh, Portland uh, Falmouth hockey game Saturday. They're two of the contenders down in this uh, part of the state. Uh, Freeport Wangsley is a pretty good uh, basketball boys basketball game coming up on Tuesday, and then the uh, next Friday there's a couple of really good boys uh, boys games. Uh, you've got Portland playing at TA, mm. and you got Falmouth playing at South Portland. I'll probably be doing the Falmouth South Portland game, so looking forward to that and. Yeah, once we get to that point, we'll be talking about two weeks left in the regular season. It's going really, really fast. Absolutely. Well, he is the sports editor of The Forecaster. You can find him on Twitter at at F-O-R-E Sports. And, of course, check it out, theforecaster.net. Michael Hoffer, thank you so much, as usual, for joining us here on the B-List. Appreciate it. All right, good to talk to you guys. Have a good one. Go Pats.